Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, a very good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sports Day WA. You're with Peter Vlahos. Great to have your company and a big show coming up as well. Looking forward to this. Uh, and we're featuring a couple of very special guests. We're going to be uh, speaking to a gentleman that has known Mitch Marsh all his life. But looking forward to actually uh, having a chat to this gentleman. I won't disclose who he is, but he's got some great stories to share with us regarding Mitch Marsh. And in fact, I just again saw the acceptance speech uh, last night, which was uh, quite fantastic, quite emotional, actually. I got a bit of a lump in the throat just listening to it. And it was uh, a great speech mixed in with you know, real passion, real sentiment, real emotion and a bit of uh, humour as well. Well done, Mitch Marsh. Uh, in fact, he spoke on Jared Waitley's program on SEN earlier today. And this is what he had to say in relation to uh, finding people who actually started to believe in him. Oh, well, it's, um, it really has changed my life. Jared, um, you know, Andrew McDonald um, has been incredible for me. Uh, like I said last night, he, he sees the best in me um, always. And uh, I think... Uh, certainly, for my, you know, for who I am and my personality-wise within a team, um, I feel really trusted um, to, I guess, you know, be myself and um, and be comfortable within this group. And uh, taking that uh, sort of mentality out into the field has helped me immensely. So, um, yeah, Ronnie, as we call him, is, um, yeah, he's an incredible man. He's a great leader, and obviously, Paddy, um, you know, we we toured together. Our first tour was in South Africa, uh, what, 2010, I think it was. So, or maybe 11, which is a long time ago now. We feel yeah. a bit old, but um, <laughs> I guess to share this journey together over a long period of time and for now Paddy to be um, our leader and just the relationship I have with him. Um, you know, going back to Leeds, um, before I batted, he uh, came up to me and he said, mate, if you want to hit your first ball for six, I want you to do it. Yes. And uh, I'd obviously never do that, <laughs> um, although I might try one day. Um, but I think just there was that little moment that really, really relaxed me. And um, Paddy just like he, he truly believed that um, I could do that. Um, and he just, yeah, he has a way of um, 
keeping things real and um, yeah, and the trust and support I've had from him has just been incredible. Mm. And also, he went on to speak about the moment. This is Mitch Marsh. He felt his career change for the better. Um, yeah, I think from a cricket uh, perspective, um, you know, my Ashes hundred was um, yeah probably second to my my wedding day, but yep. probably the best day of my life. Just um, the the emotion that was attached with that, and I guess my journey is. Uh, getting back into that test team, and as I said last night, the the conversations that I had privately with, um, you know, the people in my life around just wanting one more crack at, at test cricket, and uh, there's, there were so many moments throughout that period where uh, I just accepted that I probably was never going to play again, um, and I was absolutely fine with that. But uh, yeah, I guess when you, you know, when I was hitting balls with uh, with Scotty Mulman in in at the shop, and um, we'd always speak about just wanting to get back and uh, he's, he's been a huge help for me but um, I guess in those moments you never really think about actually doing it and then that moment was uh, extremely special for me at Leeds. Mitch Marsh we're all so happy uh, for him and I think really the Australian sporting public are happy for him the fact that he's come back after that long layoff and performed so well and culminating with the Allen Border medal and weren't those embraces between Mitch and AB fantastic last night as well. <coughs> All right, uh, just having a look at the cricket here for local tyre power store for a free tyre safety inspection. There are over 50 stores across WA Sports uh, headlines here for tyre power. New South Wales have just defeated uh, Western Australia in the Marsh Cup, the uh, 50 over a side match. WA were routed out for 161. And New South Wales have just won at the Wacker 5 for 163. And they've won by five wickets, and they've got it in the 33rd over. So a comprehensive victory for New South Wales over WA in the Marsh Cup. WA well beaten in their backyard. All out for 161 WA and New South Wales getting the runs in the 33rd over. Five for 163. We'll take a break. On the other side of the break for the all-electric Kia EV9, Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV, Kia are major partners and were of the Australian Open. And Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, will speak more about Mitch Marsh and go behind the scenes and find out what he was really like as a young fella growing up at Stephen Street and the home of the Fremantle Cricket Club. A lifelong friend of Mitch Marsh joins us next. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Before we speak to one of Mitch March's uh, long-term friends and mates, and he's got some great stories to share with us, just here's a quick community update thanks to Fire Code. Be alert and prepared this bushfire season. It's touch wood. At the moment, uh, there hasn't been any out-of-control bushfires with this searing heat, but you need to stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with the Department of Fire and Emergency Services. Uh, visit uh, dfes.wa.gov.au 
and this community update is thanks to new fire coat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions and available at Bunnings Warehouse. A man that knows Mitch Marsh exceptionally well, in fact, I spoke to him during the course of the afternoon, is a man that you probably know very well. He's been involved in the media for a long, long time, certainly in the uh, racing, pacing and chasing game. Uh, Loves his cricket, played many years down there at the Fremantle Cricket Club, and we talk about uh, David Short, and he joins us on the program. Dave, thanks for your time. Pleasure, Pete. Great to be with you. Likewise. Uh, Shorty, firstly, take us back when you first met Mitch Marsh and where it was. It was uh, many years ago now, Pete. Unfortunately, the years have certainly flown by. But I started playing cricket uh, at Fremantle many years ago and uh, Swampy was still involved at the club at that stage. He dropped back and was playing some cricket for WA and Fremantle at the time and uh, Mitch was knee-high to a grasshopper. I don't think he would have been much more than maybe six or seven years old. And uh, Swampy, of course, uh, had access to plenty of great bats and stuff at the time, being involved with Grey Nichols. And he had a custom-made little bat made for Mitch. And Mitch, from the moment that I saw him, was just uh, there was something special about him. He had a real uh, amazing personality. Always had a smile on his face. He's a cheeky young fella. Uh, and what he would do is, uh, anybody that's watched cricket at Stevens Reserve, it's um, in front of the main wicket there, there's like a grandstand and it's got about four tiers to it. And all of the players that are getting ready to bat, we'd sit out there and wait our turn and watch all of the action. And there'd always be lots of warm-up balls around the place. What Mitch would do is round up all the warm-up balls. He'd come up and to all the players that were sitting up on the balcony. He'd leave everyone with three or four balls. Then he'd run back down the stairs to in front of where the nets were, and it was pretty decent uh, hit. It probably around about that 25, sort of 30 metres for a little fella. And he'd get down there and he'd yell out, come on, start throwing. <laughs> so you'd throw the balls from the balcony down to, to Mitch, and he used to whack the balls back up to us all up there on the balcony. And then once he'd face them all, he'd come and grab all the balls again and go round and round. He used to do it uh, for hours on end on a Saturday afternoon there at Stevens Reserve. And, it's no wonder that he's gone on to become such a strong hitter of the ball because uh, right back to that period in time where he was only a, a really young guy, he was uh, had a big appetite of whacking the cricket ball around and no surprise to see him uh, in you know one of his early games take Dale Stain downtown for three or four of the biggest uh, Tom Mixes I've ever seen, Pete, because... Uh, that power he learnt from a young age down there at Stevens Reserve. You know all the members of the Marsh family, and of course he paid tri- tribute to them a couple of times in his uh, acceptance speech of the Allen Border Medal last night. Uh, you know them all individually; they seem very close, Shorty. They're a really tight knit family, Pete. They're a really special family, to be honest with you. And uh, I've just been really blessed to have them in my life. To be honest, they they are all unique in their own way, but the one thing that they all have in common is uh, unwavering support and love for each other. And I think it really shone through in that speech last night from Mitch, to be honest with you. Uh, The way that he spoke uh, about Michelle and Jeff and um, also Melissa and and Sean, um, it's it's from the heart and it's authentic. And they've been right through some really great times, but also some tough times as a family. I know Last year uh, was, was some really tough moments with uh, Ross passing away, Ross Martin, who was Mitch's grandpa. And he was one of the great supporters of Mitch for such a long period of time, along with Werner. They'd be down there at the cricket all the time and 
supporting all the sides that Fremantle had in. And Ross would always be uh, keen to come over and have a chat to everybody and really positive and, and very supportive. And uh, that's been passed down uh, from generation to generation. And Mitch has just naturally got that in him. And it's no surprise when you hear his teammates speak about him, about his warmth and how special it is to have him as part of the team because um, he, he's just a naturally loving guy and there's always a smile on his face and there's always good good times to be had when Mitch is around. I think he probably helps to really uh, take pressure off people at different times. They can be um, a lot of nervous energy in the change rooms before big games of cricket and Mitch has just always had a happy knack of uh, being able to crack a joke and take a little bit of that pressure out of the, the environment and, and put a smile on everyone's face and um, basically um, just just make everybody comfortable. Mm. It's interesting. Uh, I gather, just judging from the body language of uh, fellow Australian cricketers and even the Australian captain, Pat Cummins, he spoke about when they first met on the uh, tour of South Africa. I think it was in 2011. They've been thick as thieves ever since. And, of course, now Paddy is the leader of the Australian cricket team. He seems to have an infectious personality uh, when he gets into that uh, change room. Did you notice that from a young age? No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, he's always had that uh, that smile, as I've touched on, but also just a cheeky, uh, a really cheeky personality where... He can bring the best out in people around him. And he's one guy, Pete, that once you know him well, when you see him, and often he's touring for big periods of of time uh, away from home, but every time you catch up with Mitch, he's one of those guys that comes and gives you an absolute bear hug. And uh, you know you've been hugged when the bison gets his arms around you. I'll let you know that. But um, but he's that sort of guy. He's a really warm character. And, um, yeah, you feel special when you catch up with him. He makes you feel special. And he's... Um, he's always had incredible talent uh, to see him now really truly fulfilling that. And last night was the culmination of it. To be recognised as the Alan Border medal winner is is a really special achievement. I contacted him uh, last night and he got back to me today and he, he basically says, Shorty, I still can't believe it. It's a, an incredible honour. And Alan Border is a man that has meant uh, a lot to the Marsh family. Of course, Jeff playing with Alan Border for a number of years and through those years, of course, the kids are always welcome in the change rooms and those sorts of things. So um, I guess Alan Border, much the same as everyone at the Frio Cricket Club and everyone involved in WA cricket, um, has seen Mitch from being that little boy grow up to a, a big, strong man. And, and to see him now really fulfilling his potential is something that um, we're also very proud of. You knew him as a single man. Now he's a married man and he seems like he's got a partner who's very, very supportive. They've only only been married eight months. Uh, he hasn't seen a lot. Is it Greta? He hasn't seen a lot of her, but they seem like a, a very nice couple. She's a gorgeous young lady, Pete. Absolutely, Greta, and she's been wonderful for Mitch. It's, it can often be challenging for a lot of athletes to meet their life partners. There's Plenty of people sort of on the outskirts that, that like to hang along for the ride while things are going really well. And um, finding somebody that um, loves you for who you are and not because you're, you're just a great cricketer is um, something I, I guess that all great athletes at different stages um, sometimes struggle with. But um, she didn't know much about cricket at all. She just loved Mitch for who he was. Um, and and they, I think Mitch really um, did appreciate the fact that she came from a, a different sort of background and she wasn't heavy into the sport. And obviously, since she's met Mitch, she's really warm to the game of cricket and, and um, often travels around with Mitch when they're on tour and things like that. So 
Um, he's got that constant support, but um, they're a beautiful couple and they'll, they'll make great parents, I'm sure, in, in years to come as well. But uh, having a, a good lady in his life has certainly helped him. And I, I don't think it's a, a huge coincidence that um, some of his best cricket has come out in recent times since he's actually met Greta. All right, Shorty, you know all the Marsh clan uh, and we just push to the side because they didn't play cricket like Michelle and all that. But for many a time now that he's an Allen Border medalist, they've got an EMU export in their hand as Jeff Wood, as Mitch Wood and probably Sean Wood. Uh, and they'd converse the best cricketer amongst the Marsh trio. Does Mitch now go to the front <laughs> of the line with uh, the Allen Border medal? Well, they've all got their own unique uh, <laughs> skill sets and, and, and records, I guess. Uh, Jeff, of course, uh, would always tell you that he was getting the job done against the best fast bowling battery in the history of cricket up against the West Indies back before they, they wore all these uh, you know arm guards and chest guards and those sorts of things that the players do today. So he's probably got them from a toughness perspective. Sean, of course, uh, is in possession, I think, of the first ever purple cap for the leading run scorer in the IPL, which is something that the other two guys haven't got. And, of course, now Mitch has got an Allen Border medal, which, uh, which the other two guys never happened to achieve on the way through. So I think they've all probably got their own strong points and they probably all make a case for themselves to be uh, in the discussion. But uh, Mitch has got the one thing that the other two don't have and that's time on his side. Yeah, good on you, Shorty. Thanks for joining us and giving us an insight into Mitch Marsh away from what we've seen him on the cricket field and, of course, uh, listening to him and watching him through the media. Thanks for your time, mate. Good to have a chat. Pleasure, Pete. Good on you. Uh, you can join us on the Temper of Bedshed text machine anytime, 0487 736 736. We're going to take a break. Coming up a bit later on, not too far away, is George Cambosis Jr., who's still in town. They fly out tomorrow with his dad, Jim. We're going to have a bit of a chat with him uh, in a little while. A different chat to what you've heard uh, maybe in the media at the press conference in the last 24 hours or so. We'll take a break. It's 20 past five. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Now, the massive fight between Vasily Lomachenko and George Cambosis Jr. was confirmed yesterday and their clash for the vacant IBF lightweight title happens at RAC Arena on Sunday, May 12. We'll speak to George in a moment. He's been actually out with Tourism WA today. They went to Rotto and uh, saw the, the beaches, experienced the searing heat of Perth. So we'll find out how he spent his days coming up in a little while. Another massive event is happening on Sunday uh, where you can join the Red Army this NBL season by becoming a Perth Wildcats member today. And don't forget Sunday against the New Zealand Breakers, the Perth Wildcats uh, will be celebrating uh, retiring uh, Damien Martin's number 53 jersey. He was in here and I said, what have they got planned for you, Mardo? And he gave me a bit of a rundown. It should be a, a pretty special afternoon there at RAC Arena. Interesting, before we hear a couple of grabs from Jordan Clark, the Fremantle docker who spoke today, I, I found this actually quite bemusing. Now, as we know, the Socceroos Australia playing in the Asian Cup in Doha and they're taking on South Korea in the quarterfinals on Saturday morning our time. Now, each of the participating nations at the Asian Cup 
have been granted a booth to display traditional wares and their culture in central Doha. And I've seen Syria's, which is chock-a-block. It's full of, you know, things that they wear, uh, attire, uh, some of the culture, some of the things that they cook, uh, like traditional delicacies. Same with Palestine. The booth is full. Oman, the booth is full. There's a lot of literature, actually, in the Oman booth. And I looked at Australia's. You know what's in Australia's booth? Two ten pins and a tennis ball and nothing else. There is nothing in the Australian booth. And I've looked at all the comments that have been placed on social media and they just reckon it's an absolute disgrace. It's embarrassing compared to the other nations in the Asian region which are quite happy to parade their food, their clothing, their traditional games, their wares, their culture in the centre of Doha. And our stand has got two 10-pins and that's about it. And a tennis ball lying there. What does that symbolise? There is nothing in it. So um, a lot of people are saying it's just an insult from, by Australia to the Asian people, the way we are disrespectful of... Uh, these sort of events and what we should be uh, at least coming on board with compared to the other nations. If you want to check it out, I caught it up on social media. All the other stands are chock-a-block and ours is as empty as hell. So I don't know who takes responsibility for that, but it's not a very good look at all. All right. Uh, what hopefully will be a better look will be the Fremantle Dockers in season 2024 and today, Jordan Clark were fronted the media and he firstly spoke about Nat Fife and how he's going in match simulation. The stuff that Fife does and we all know him for, uh, he's an absolute beast around the contest and um, his aerial stuff. And yeah, I mean, he's physically gifted. He's a big man and um, he's powerful and he just adds a different dimension to us. And um, it's something that, yeah, we've probably missed around our midfield group with him not being in there. and. Um, the way he also leads that line with the younger boys around him and can be that, like similar to James H, a bit of a cool head, more experienced, a bit of a problem solver. Um, his knowledge of the game to be able to pass it on and help those boys learn firsthand is amazing. So um, he's been very important for us. He also went on to speak very highly of Jai Amos. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, Jeremy Cameron, and um, he's, yeah, I'd say he's not too dissimilar, if I'm very honest. I... You know, the way he moves at ground level and can pick up ground balls and kicks goals from anywhere and he's very accurate. Um, yeah, I think that Jai's going to be a very um, popular player in the AFL over the next however long he plays for. And um, it's exciting that we've got him here at Freo and he's a WA boy. So um, it's good to see those boys going well. And finally, uh, the latest on Brennan Cox, who is just nursing a bit of a pre-season injury. Where is he at? From what I hear, he's progressing really well, but we've had four days off and um, probably haven't seen all the boys this morning, all the coaches. So um, I've no doubt that Cox is going to do everything he can to be out there round one, and he's so important to us. So uh, fingers crossed that'll be the case. All right. So uh, that's uh, Jordan Clark. I tell you what, Jimmy also, uh, Jimmy and, and Connor, they like collecting memorabilia. Well, here's a piece of memorabilia that's going to go down... <laughs> for a big price, see if you guys are interested. Now, we know that sports fans are an unusual lot. I look at you blokes. Many will do anything to get their hands on a piece of memorabilia, no matter what it is. But while most pieces are pretty obvious, signed equipment, posters, 
Cards are big these days. I know Jimmy's into the cards. You do get some real doozies. Have a listen to this. One such item is due to go on sale at British Auction House Bonhams. And what it is, it's the napkin on which 13-year-old Lionel Messi signed his first contract with Barcelona. He actually signed it on a napkin. It's 16.5 centimetres by 16.5 centimetre. It's a square napkin. It's from Barcelona's Pompiera Tennis Club. That's where he signed it. And there's a starting price, guess what, for that napkin. In our dollars, $580,000 for that napkin. The first contract that Lionel Messi signed. Unbelievable. You in the market for that, boys? Okay, they're shaking their heads from side to side. There you go, sports memorabilia. Uh, it throws up some interesting stories and certainly pieces that uh, people, people clamour over. All right, it's uh, 29 to 6, so we're going to give it a bit of time now because coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to speak to a gentleman who's been in town for the last two or three days. He's certainly one of Australia's up-and-coming boxing champions. Massive fight, as I mentioned, coming up. He had his press conference yesterday at RAC Arena. He spent today seeing a bit of Perth. And I know his father, Jim, has never been to Perth. And when I spoke to him late yesterday, he was looking forward to getting out on the water and going to Rotto and seeing what it's all like. Uh, We'll find out how George spent his day after the break here on Sports Day WA. It's all thanks to Kia and also Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yeah, great to have your company wherever you may be listening around Western Australia. Welcome to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to our friends at the all-electric Kia EV9, Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV, Kia major partner of the recently completed Australian Open, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. As I've been promoting uh, this um, massive fight between Vasily Lamachenko and George Cambosis Jr., finally confirmed yesterday they'll clash for the vacant IBF lightweight title, RAC Arena. It's on Sunday, May 12. They had the press conference yesterday, and this will be the first boxing event at the venue in the centre of Perth. Since uh, 2021, remember the four-time world champion Danny Green took on the Bronx bomber Danny Santiago at the then Challenge Stadium. So it's a significant uh, event and it's coming our way on May the 12th. And George uh, Cambosis Jr. now joins us here on Sports Day WA. Hi, George. Hi, Peter. Absolute pleasure to be on. Thanks. How was your day? I, I spoke to your father yesterday, and I believe you went out on the Indian Ocean today and may have headed out towards Rottnest. What sort of day did you have? Uh, look, today's been a, a very busy day, uh, doing a lot of uh, media work, and uh, most importantly, seeing the beautiful parts of, of Western Australia. Obviously, having a look at Rottnest Island and, and jumping in the Indian Ocean, uh, I've got to say, you guys have some amazing, uh, you know, places here and um, you know I'm very honoured to to be here I'm very honoured to have my mega fight the biggest fight in Australian history here 
And, um, you know, I'm excited for, for May 12th. And I'm excited for uh, all the sport that's going to be behind me. I tell you what, uh, Roger Federer and everyone else has come to Perth has always tried to get a selfie with the Quokka. How did you go today? Well, we did, we did see one Quokka. We did <laughs> see him. But uh, poor fellow was uh, was struggling with the heat. It was about 45 degrees out there. So uh, he was in the corner, sitting in the shade. So we thought, you know what, uh, let's get the little guy some water. We actually took a bottle of water with him and uh, put a little bit of water on the ground in the cap. And mm-hmm. uh, before you know it, the little guy had half a bottle of water. So... They're pretty thirsty out there, the little crockers. <laughs> yeah, it's been a hot uh, last couple of days. Now, George, you were born in Sydney uh, to parents of Greek descent, and I think your paternal grandparents uh, moved from Sparta in Greece to Australia, and you've got the famous Spartan war cry, never retreat, never surrender, tattooed on your body in homage to your heritage, and uh, you actually, it's very much indicative of the way you tackle your profession now, isn't it? It really is, you know. I'm very proud of my heritage. I'm very proud of, of, of you know, my, my, my Greek roots. But I'm very proud of where I'm born here in Australia. I represent both flags with all all of my heart. You know, when I step inside that ring, and, and every bit outside of the ring, I make sure I represent myself at the highest honour and uh, control myself as an ultimate professional, as a, as a warrior, as a Spartan warrior. Now I have that war cry on my back: never return, never surrender, and. Uh, it's going to come very handy in this fight because this fight is, is, is going to be you know, a war between two warriors, two guys that like to come forward. And uh, there's going to be times there where you're just going to have to be stuck in it and uh, there will be no retreat, no surrendering, and we're, we're coming to win this fight. Before we come to the present, uh, I'd like to just touch on the past and how you got involved actually uh, in boxing. I believe your father enrolled you in boxing classes when you are around about 11, maybe still a young fella, because... You took up rugby league and you were maybe a bit overweight and, and you were bullied by, you know, the other young kids playing rugby league and your dad thought, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to get him out of rugby league and, and he got you enrolled in boxing classes and the rest is history. Is that a true story? Yeah, it, it pretty much is a true story. Obviously, we, we fell into, into boxing to help with the fitness. Now, all I wanted to be as a young kid was be a, a rugby league player. I wanted to represent New South Wales. I wanted to play for Australia. Um, but, you know, come off-season, I wasn't doing too much at all except for eating and, uh, you know, just sitting around. So we fell into boxing and said, you know what, this will help with the fitness. Uh, obviously, I was a big fan of the Rocky movies as a young kid. And I thought, you know what, I'll give it a crack. And, and that first day when uh, my father took me to the boxing gym, you know, I just fell in love with the sport. Fast forward one year later, I dropped so much weight. Obviously, the bullying stopped because the bullies thought, you know what, this, this guy... He's out of form now, so we better not uh, bully him too much. And uh, it was time for me to have my first amateur fight. And you know, before before I knew it, I was uh, you know having amateur fights every month, uh, sometimes twice a month. And uh, you know, my boxing career started to progress. But at the same time, my rugby league juniors uh, progressed as well, and I did make the Sharks development squad. Mm. But um, we came to that point where. We had to we had to choose one. We had to come to to what we wanted to do. And uh, my heart was in boxing. I just wanted to be a fighter. I want, I loved that one on one combat, and uh, I knew that everything, you know, is on my shoulders. Once I have a great team around me and coaches and, and managers and you know good people, it's me that ultimately can, can make or break my dream. And uh, I just stuck with it. A young kid with a dream that said one day he's going to be world champion. And uh, fast forward all the years, you know, I achieved that goal, became world champion, and. Uh, now we look at, obviously, this big fight coming up. 
another mega fight, and, and this fight uh, victory here would give me my seventh world title. You know, it, it is a, a big deal for Australian boxing. It, it has never been done before in Australian boxing, and uh, you know, I feel great, great, uh, you know, self uh, honour. To, to be able to do this for our country. Mm, now it's going to be a fantastic event, and uh, you've certainly... Uh, I think you were just a natural sports person, because I know you're coached by Ricky Stewart, who's a legend in rugby league uh, at that Cronulla Sharks development squad. But just having a look at this event, uh, George, what does it mean for you to headline such a big card? It, it's it's uh, a true honour. It, it means the world, because, again, I bring a mega fight. I brought uh, in a couple big mega fights. Obviously, when I had all the belts... Victoria to Melbourne, but bringing this big fight to Perth, I've seen how they used to do it back in the past with the uh, the great Danny Green, and uh, I'm very excited to be bringing this mega event here. It means the world, and um, I, I am already preparing like a man possessed. And come another 14 weeks, uh, May 12th, you know I'll be 110% ready to win this fight and, and uh, make the whole country proud, make Perth and, and all the support proud, and obviously make myself and and my family proud once again, and continue building that legacy. We're certainly excited about it. And the RAC Arena is a fantastic venue. Uh, certainly voted one of the great indoor venues in yeah. Australia. Tell us about your new trainer and his knowledge of Vasily Lemachenko. Uh, look, everything happens for a reason. You know, sometimes uh, God works in mysterious ways. And, uh, you know, my, my past trainer that I had, uh, unfortunately, had some, some issues, some personal issues. And, uh, Unfortunately, he's not with us, so we, we, we take his, his honour with us as well inside that ring. But, uh, you know, we, we fell into a, a guy by the name of Anton, you know, by chance, by, by fluke, running into each other at a, at a gym shop. Now, Anton is the head national uh, Russian Olympic team coach where he was here in Australia. And uh, by chance, we, we just met. And all of a sudden, I said, you know what, let's start working together. Let's uh, just see if we gel a little bit. And uh, before you know it, Fast forward four months of, of hard work together, and you know this is the guy whose bread and butter is that you know Russian, Soviet, Ukrainian style. Mm. Uh, he knows the Lomachenko inside out. Now, if that's not uh, you know God's plan, uh, I don't know what is because the stars have aligned and uh, the focus is there from the whole team. So this is a uh, this is going to be a good one because Cambosis has has a certain style, but adding this extra bit, adding this you know style where I understand Lomachenko better than ever. Um, you know, it's truly going to make for, for, for greatness and to win this fight. It's interesting that uh, both you and Vasily lost to Devin Haney and you both fought yep. Teofimo Lopez. You won. Vasily lost that fight. So is this a better, maybe, match-up for you, George? I believe so. Look, uh, when I beat Lopez, we straight away went to negotiations with uh, Vasily Lomachenko or Devin Haney. Now, at that stage, Lom- uh, Lomachenko... The deal was making more sense. They were a lot easier to, to, to deal with, and um, things just went well. So that fight was pretty much set back in, in, in for 20, uh, 2022. And uh, after that, the war broke out. And before you know it, one morning I woke up when we thought the fight was signed and ready. Uh, my phone was blowing up, and I thought, oh, what's going on? And the city's gone back to Ukraine, back in the Army uniform, and... Uh, he had to sit there and do what he had to do, which we, we, we said, no worries, full respect. And then that's where we stepped to, to Devin Haney. And again, mm. it shows the kind of fighter, kind of warrior I am that didn't look for an easy touch, didn't look for, for a cherry pick. And a lot of these fighters today, uh, they will be built by media. They'll be built that they're fighting real killers, but uh, a lot of them are not doing that. They, they say they are, but they're not doing that. Cambosa, on the other hand, steps to the best, steps to the best fighters, wants all the smoke and... Uh, 
you know, never wants to take a, a backward step. So we stepped to Devin Haney, and we knew style-wise this was going to be a lot more difficult fight because of the way he fights. He's, you know, more of that kind of box, run, hold, uh, do what he has to do in the fight. And he's a tremendous fighter, very skilled fighter, and was very, uh, you know, feared. And, and people didn't want to fight this guy because of how skilled he was. But we stepped to him, and um, obviously, you know, we knew what happened in that fight. But, uh, you know, for Sid Lomachenko, we know that styles make fights. We know how to beat this guy. And we know that the corner of action and war this will bring. Well, you uh, sort of mentioned that you've been searching for this fight for a number of years, almost going back to 2017. So the IBF belt is vacant. You're the IBO champ. Who's walking out last on fight night? Uh, That's uh, a debate that's still going on, obviously, between uh, promoters and and both teams. Uh, um, Look, we both have our own uh, achievements. We both have our own, um, you know, world titles and, and done so much in, in the sport. But, you know, I, I believe I should walk last. He believes he should walk last. So, um, I don't know, we might have to do the old-fashioned way, <laughs> like the cricket does it, and uh, flick a coin. Or if Vasily knows how to do a bit of, you know, rock, paper, scissors, uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to work it out. But that's going to be worked out. And, again, that's going to be another little interesting, you know, spectacle too for the, for the fans. Who's going to walk out first? Who's going to walk out last? Uh, Whose song's going to come out first? Who's going to come out second? So, uh, look, ultimately, it doesn't matter once we step in the ring. Again, let's not get it twisted that this is a big, big deal. But, again, it's little mind games. And, uh, you know, I want to walk out last. He wants to walk out last. So, uh, we'll have to wait and see. It's interesting, uh, just changing tact a bit. Uh, Mitch Marsh last night won the Allen Border medal and he heaped uh, a lot of praise and tribute to his family for being so supportive. I know your father, Jim, is your right-hand man. He's over here as well. Uh, tell us about your family yep. and how supportive and the people around you have been. Yeah, look, uh, family for me is everything. Obviously, my father is, uh, you know, looks after everything for me. You know, he is my right-hand man. Without him, it uh, makes my job extremely difficult. Um, he is the guy behind the scenes and uh, makes these big, big fights happen. You know, it's a lot of negotiating, but uh, I have full trust in him and I know that he always has my best interest. But again, family is always, you know, extremely important. I'm a father myself. I've got three of my own kids, you know, my, my beautiful wife and, and two boys and one girl. So um, I try to be the best role model for them. I try to give them you know, the, the, the most, uh, you know, rewarding things in life. But I also try to teach them that, you know, with hard work and dedication and discipline, you can achieve your own things. So yeah. uh, I believe that I'm setting the right, you know, steps for them, for their future. Now, they're only young. My eldest is six. My youngest is two. So uh, when I try to give them that discipline, they still look at me a little bit funny. But I know that <laughs> slowly, slowly it, it, it will sink in and... Uh, you know, eventually we'll have to wait and see because my middle one, he's, he's the one that's got the eyes. He's got that little bit of spark in him, I see him, and uh, he does have a bit of a tough name to live up to being Leonidas Cambosis. So uh, we'll see him possibly in the future, uh, you know, step inside the ropes, who knows, and uh, I'll be there next to him. And I'm sure my father, Jim Cambosis, will manage my, my boy as well. Good stuff. Uh, I was talking actually to our boxing correspondent, Brett Benetti, who was also at the press conference. Good fellow, Brett. And he was telling yeah. me actually that uh, to tell and ask you how important it is to bring a big name like Vasily to Perth. But I believe uh, uh, he was saying you had a number one contender for your belt, a fighter that not many boxing fans would have heard of before. So there was someone else prepared to take you on. But of course, as we know, Lomachenko is a bit of a bigger name. Is that correct? Uh, a little bit correct. It's uh, in this position. I won the eliminator, and I was sitting at number two. 
the number one position was was a fellow from Argentina who was not very well known and we're not too sure how he actually got into that number one position because he didn't really fight anyone for it. So a little bit of politics in boxing that, that happens. But uh, obviously underneath was Vasily Lomachenko and once I won my last fight and, and become IBA world champion, I'd be a uh, mandatory for that belt. We knew Haney was going to vacate. Uh, the, the whole situation was how we're going to get rid of this Argentina and obviously make the big, big fight between me and Lomachenko. But uh, again, stars align and things just, just happen you know, the way it's meant to be. And uh, this silly boy from Argentina missed out on, on what would have been his biggest fight and his opportunity and his biggest payday and didn't make a wait for a tune-up fight. And uh, at that point, the IBF said, no, no, you uh, are too much of a risk. Uh, you're out. You, you're not going to have that number one position. And Cambosas, you are now the highest-rated uh, lightweight in the world. And right underneath you is the great Vasil Lomachenko. So it uh, sets up that fight. And it's funny how things uh, roll on sometimes. Good stuff, George. Just as we let you go, uh, you've been in Perth for a couple of days. You, as we mentioned, you saw some of the sights today. When are you coming back to Perth to put the final preparations on your fight camp in place for the May 12 bout? Uh, look, uh, we, we haven't fully set that in yet, but it will be obviously you know, the most professional uh, span to be here. We're looking at 10 to 12 days, I'm guessing. Um, but again, that's up to the coaches and, and you know the people that can assess, okay, we know exactly time differences. We know exactly how you'll be feeling at this point, and uh, this is the right time to go. So I trust my team. Uh, I trust myself as well. I've been here now for a few days. I've seen a little bit of that time difference. I know it's not huge, but it does play a little role, and it's all the 1% things that they make a difference. So um, that's, that's to, to be worked out very soon. Bravo, George. Uh, thanks for joining us. Safe flight back to uh, Sydney tomorrow, uh, and we look forward to seeing you in coming weeks. And thanks for spending a bit of time on the program and pass on my best wishes to your dad as well. It's good to have a chat to him yesterday. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Pete. My pleasure. Thanks so much for for, uh, having me on. And, and, uh, of course, all the uh, people listening, uh, big, big fight, May 12th. I already know quickly that uh, the pre-sale ringside hospitality are pretty much all gone. So uh, this event is going to sell out uh, probably even quicker than what we thought. So uh, get in tomorrow, 10 a.m. first time, 1 p.m. Sydney, Melbourne time and uh, get your tickets because this is going to be historic. It will be big. It will be big. Good on you, George. George Cambosas Jr. joining us here on Sports Day WA. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Just recapping for Nutri-Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Just some of the big stories today. One, of course, is George Cambosas Jr., who you just heard. And the other one uh, being... The fact that uh, Mitch Marsh uh, just uh, had his press conference today. He conducted it uh, after winning the Allen Border medal last night, which was terrific. In other sporting news, uh, Ange Postacoglu's brave uh, double change at halftime held Tottenham turn around a halftime deficit. They beat Brentford 3-2 in what was a thrilling Premier League clash. They trailed uh, after 15 minutes and then they scored three goals in the space of eight minutes just after halftime, uh, they gifted a goal to Ivan Tony, uh, a poor back pass uh, to the keeper. And Tony kept, uh, picked it up and went past uh, Vicario, the Tottenham goalkeeper, to make it 3 2. And then they hung on the end, uh, Spurs, but they picked up the victory in the three points. And that's thrust them now into fourth position, which is a Champions League spot. The top four teams in the Premier League then uh, are automatically in the Champions League the following season. So they're sitting in that position at the moment. And a big news out of Rugby League where Cameron Smith has quit his post as Billy Slade as assistant coach 
for the 2024 State of Origin Series uh, to be replaced by former Maroons hooker Matt Balin. Now, Smith has stepped down after two victorious series as Slater's assistant coach with Balin to join Josh Hannay and Jonathan Thurston in the hunt for a three-peat. Just uh, Norm's been listening in. Uh, Norman Cowell, g'day, Pete. The Aussie stand, this is the one that I was talking about in Doha, is a dismal excuse for Australia. They should have a barbecue going with lamb chops and kangaroo steaks for steak burgers and seafood from across Australia and some quality beer selections, all for free for non-Aussies only. I think it's a dry country, isn't it? Uh, Qatar? I think it is. So maybe the beers won't be accepted, but I don't mind the barbecue, mate. It's better than a tennis ball and also uh, two 10 pins. All right, uh, that's the program. Thanks very much, Connor. Thanks, Jimmy. And thanks to our sponsors, Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, and also the all-electric Kia EV9, Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. I'll catch you Monday from 5 o'clock. Have a terrific weekend. Stay cool. 39 degrees tomorrow for Perth.